genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I am Scott Corelli. Today, we continue our mini-series on the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise with the second film adapted from the Disneyland slow-moving boat ride, 2006's Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And we have a guest joining us to talk about dice games, destiny, and a father's love. Cass Fredrickson. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Cass. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. I'm excited. Haven't seen you since Men in Black International. I know. This one I actually have seen beforehand, so like I'm hype to talk about this movie. <laughs> uh, Cass, before we get into the history of Dead Man's Chess, what's your personal relationship with this film franchise? Um, well, uh, this uh, movie series is why I ended up reading Lord of the Rings, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before on Lord of the Rings Minute, but, um, basically I saw the first one, um, and I was like super in love with Orlando Bloom. And then my dad was like, oh, you know, he's in this, he's in the Lord of the Rings movies and he'd been trying to get me to read the books. And I was like, oh, well now I want to watch those movies because Orlando Bloom's in them. Um, and my dad was like, okay, well you can watch them but only if you read the books first. So I was like, okay, fine. So <laughs> so I ended up reading Lord of the Rings and loving it. But yeah, no, I um I don't know if I can like express how um obsessed with these movies I was in high school. Um I saw this one at midnight. I saw it in theaters like four times. Um I had like I had this <laughs> I had this stupid like boombox, like the CD player that looked like the Davy Jones chest. Um, <laughs> so it like opened. Did you just ha- did you just play heart sound effect CDs? Like, <laughs> well, the spot where you put the CD in, like it, uh, it was like a red plastic thing, and it like looked like the heart, and then you like opened it up and put the CD. in. <laughs> Oh, is that official like Disney store? Merch? Yeah, it was like official merch. I had like the I still have the freaking the Aztec coin pendant as like a necklace. I think I got from like Disneyland forever ago. Like, no, I I love the Pirates movies. Oh. I <laughs> it's, They're my favorite. That's great. Yeah. I, w- I didn't know that this they even preceded your love of, of, of Tolkien in Middle Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando Bloom. That's the thread. <laughs> All because of Orlando Bloom. <laughs> I'm looking. I am. I am currently looking at the boombox you had. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. No, this kind of rules. This kind of. I'm rules. sad that I. I don't. Lie. I don't know. I think I got rid of it, or it's like in storage at my mom's house or something. But like. <laughs> wow. That was my high school boombox. <laughs> <laughs> Played a lot of like. 
like mixed CDs. The, the CDs yeah. that came out of that that chest, yeah. man. The tracks. Oh, well, you can you can buy it on eBay for about thirty bucks. So, <laughs> wow. Um, it says perfect for Halloween. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it lights up. They're trying to sell it as Halloween decor on eBay. <laughs> Scott, do you uh, do, do you do you remember like the summer this movie came out? Do you remember seeing this in theaters? Uh, yeah, and I was I was really excited though. By the time this came out, I was excited to just like see like a cool, good movie, you know. Yeah. But um, I by the time this came out in two thousand six, I was so exhausted by Pirates of the Caribbean and because like you know I talked about this last time I saw that movie and I loved it and I was for sure I thought like oh 100% Matrix Reloaded is going to own the summer and then I was like oh Pirates kind of owned the summer that's really cool Uh, that was like a really great fun movie I loved that Uh, but then everything afterward where people were like obsessed and you couldn't get away from the Captain Jack impressions and (laughs) It was just a lot. It was a lot. And I had had my fill. So, like, I think the cultural phenomenon of Pirates of the Caribbean just overdosed me on the franchise, like, big time on, Mm. on, like, everything to do with this movie, um, with that first movie. And but so by the time this came out, I was like, I'm going to go see it. But, like, man, I don't I just I'm kind of over all of this. Um and like it's a, and I thought it was a really fun movie, but like also I hadn't seen the first movie probably since theaters at this point because it was not a movie that I revisited because I was over it. <laughs> I was very tired <laughs> of everyone, um, and and so uh, my my the funniest thing is the last shot of this movie completely went over my head when I saw it because I was like, who the hell is that? Because, like, I had only seen the movie one time, like, wow. in theaters, and was like, yeah, I really enjoyed that. But I, and they're like, that's the guy from the other movie. I was like, what guy from the other movie? And, like, oh I my took, God. It, like, they had to, like, really break down the plot yeah. to be like, there was that other pirate, the, yeah. the one that stole the ship. Think of who wasn't the, there was like, this time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, it just took forever for me to, like, that's connect funny. who that even was um, the first time that I, I, I saw this. Uh, so you so were was, you were me at the end of Matrix Reloaded, a little bit, yeah. Um, I was <laughs> I was very underwhelmed, uh, but like had mostly a fun time. Though I think, as we'll talk about next week, I think I had fonder feelings of the of of At World's End, which seems to be the opposite of what most people feel. Mm. But like, there was more shit in At At World's End that I was like way more into than in this one for me personally the whole cannibal island sequence is like we'll get there but like it's so long and so racist and just (laughs) yeah it's it's rough it's a rough time and i even i i don't even think i recognized how rough it was like why i felt that way watching it in theaters i was just like i don't like this (laughs) um but now i i think in retrospect it was like just like a kind of skeevy feeling i generally had about that section of the movie Anyway, Nick, I'm sure you were very excited for the sequel. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, th- this was, it, I, I was thinking today, it's ironic or weird. I don't know if irony is the right word. Of like, oh, three, Pirates was like the, hey, that pirate movie looks really good, you know? Yeah. 
it was this yeah. surprise hit, like you said. We were all we all thought Matrix Reloaded, and while I think we can all agree that Cars owned the summer of two thousand and six, yes, of course, life at least in highway. merchandise sales. <laughs> sure, yeah, life is a highway, truly. <laughs> um, this was definitely my like summer of pirates. We're like, mm. I remember when the trailer for that movie came out and just being so hyped. Um, and I remember even then, because I don't even—I think I was just about to enter high school when these movies came out, the sequels. But mm-hmm. I remember this—we didn't even have the word millennial yet. But I remember feeling like these were ours, like mm. we were excited about them in the same way that Lord of the Rings felt like like our generations, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like this, really felt like a capital E event when I went to go see it opening weekend in the middle of the summer, and. If I'm being honest, like, because um, I, you know, I, I rewatched them and during lockdown, and that's when I had this thought, and I still think it watching the movie this this morning. I don't think movies will, will ever feel bigger than they did watching these movies for the first time. Mm. There's just something really magical and big and epic and grand, and it's just like I get a wistful, like I, you know, I, you know, I kind of catch that feel every time I rewatch these. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I guess. Just for context for everyone, because I think that's fun. Context is fun. <laughs> um, summer of 2006. The big movies that were released that, that summer, because Pirates of the Caribbean was like July 7th weekend um, for, for Dead Man's Chest. Then there was also Cars, X-Men The Last Stand, The Da Vinci Code, Superman <laughs> Returns, and Mission Impossible 3. Oh. That was summer of 2006. Wow. Uh, so... I'll be honest, not a strong summer. No. <laughs> you know, it's like this and MI3 were like the two really good ones. Superman, Superman Returns has its moments. Um, over the Hedge, but, underrated. Of course, Over the Hedge, yes. And Talladega <laughs> Nights, who could forget? Right, yeah. Um, and, Bo- and Borat. This was also the summer of Borat. Um, <laughs> the year of Borat, is, really. Yeah, the year of Borat. So, so uh, the <laughs> Cap- the Captain Jack Sparrow impression tipped its hat and and lent its power to the Borat impression that just took the ball and ran yeah. for a decade. I think after this, you know, I'll say this about <laughs> pop culture right now: we don't <laughs> we don't really do like impressions anymore. Like we had Austin Powers, then we had. Jack Sparrow. Then we had Borat. I don't really know if that character exists right now. We had Bane. We had Bane. That's true. But that was only we two had, years we later. We had the Joker. That's true. Yeah. We had Joker in 2007. That was definitely a big one. Gollum. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and, then we had, and then we had Bane like a few years later. But I don't think anything since Bane, right? Yeah. 2012. Was that the last? Ten years. Yeah, that was the last. One. I can't think of another like <laughs> the last funny voice pop culture impression. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that was the last time because people are still doing Bane impressions and Shit. acting like it's like yeah, like a new thing to point out. He talked funny. Remember how he talked like this? <laughs> yeah, he talked fancy, kind of. <laughs> Surprisingly, a funny voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, did you know he was knitting uh, the whole time? <laughs> yeah he's knitting, a, he's, he's knitting a little blanket oh um <laughs> like a character from tale of two cities there was some knitting in this movie uh there was, there was like a guy who was like knitting a fishing net while like absent oh, was talking about what jack sparrow could i do. loved him 
Yeah. That's actually my first note. And that he's kind of just like a small part of this movie feels really big because like, like Star Wars, it's full of every character has like a story, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cass, do you think that was kind of why um, it grabbed your imagination as a kid? Um, I really gravitated toward um, like the like the love story element, honestly, like I because I only watched the first three because I was like, oh, look, it's perfect. It's done. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen four or five yet. I don't know if I ever will. I might be for the podcast, but like, um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're all like they're all on Disney Plus. That's so true. Yeah. I don't have a, an excuse anymore. But I, I really Easily like accessible. Because um, when the first one came out, I was 13. So I was like the audience, I think, for like these movies. <laughs> and then I was 16 when this one came out. So like the the though I do I do remember really being upset that they were going to turn it into like a will they won't they sort of thing, like a love triangle sort of thing with this one. Um, oh, can't wait to talk about that. I have strong feelings about that. <laughs> Revisiting um. it now, though. I'm not as angry about it, but like I remember when this first came out and I was like writing like manifestos to like my friends and like AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what a time. Uh, I know. <laughs> so, something we didn't bring up, I think, last week on the show that is worth pointing out um, that I learned later is that so <laughs> the the opening weekend box office record. Um, which, you know, started like they started paying attention to it with um, with uh, Temple of Doom and then Temple of Doom was beat by um, uh, Ghostbusters 2. And then that was blown out of the water the same that like the same year by Batman, like two weeks later or something like that. Batman 89, year, right? 89, the year um, of Batman. And it, yeah. And it just continuously sort of cranked up. But we got to a point where. Um, Harry Potter was coming out and everyone's like, is this going to be the one that breaks a hundred million opening weekend? And it, it made 90 and everyone was like, Oh, okay. So it's just not possible. You just, you can't break a hundred million in one weekend. That's insane. It's not possible. 2002 hits. Spider-Man comes out, blows a hundred million out the water. Cause I think it opens at like 130, which was wow. just like. People had never heard of that much money in an opening weekend before. It was bananas. And then just a year later, Pirates of the Caribbean beats Spider-Man with 139 opening weekend. Um, and that was crazy because it was like it was based on a ride. But for most people, it was kind of based on nothing, you know, like Captain Jack wasn't a real character. So that's like I, I just I think it's important to point that out in terms of because especially like it would be taken until 2012 to break 200 million. Right. With uh, with the Avengers. And then it would take until Endgame in 2019, um, 2019 to like break 300. And now, uh, but now, now we've broken 300, and it's like you look back and you just think of those quaint days where they're like, I don't know if it's possible for a movie to break a hundred million in an opening weekend. Um, and it was just, I don't know. I was just remembering that whole conversation happening around this time of like a hundred million in a weekend. That's insane. <laughs> it's like, we've tripled that at this point. That is wow. Bonkers. And what's interesting about that is, you know, and, and Cass, this is something that we talked about in the first episode is mm-hmm. Disney in the two thousands, especially as they were getting ready to make the first pirates felt like they were from the outs. They were on the outside looking in 
at Mm -hmm. big movie franchises like the matrix you know they were like still making stuff for little kids and like how do we appeal to teens you know 13 Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know teenagers out there and Mm -hmm. now like you know in 2022 we've entered this crazy era of disney's just going to be beating its own record forever right right you know like spider-man is doing Avengers numbers and then you know some young Avengers movie is going to come out and then then that's going to you know what I mean like it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. there are only so so of the 10 movies that are have the biggest like opening weekends of all time right mm-hmm. all of them are Disney at least Disney adjacent right because you Spider-Man is like a Disney adjacent property mm-hmm. um, all of them are Disney adjacent except for Jurassic World. That's the only one that isn't Disney adjacent. Everything else is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. That is uh, yeah. scary. Yep. Very <laughs> scary. <laughs> illegal. We're still figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> it feels illegal. <laughs> yeah. uh, film bros by, by, prop, by uh, law now, they have to defend Jurassic World because it's the only non-Disney one on the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hear that, film bros? My time has come. I don't like it's that a... movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I no one does. Just me. Just me. It's just me. And everyone and everyone loses a little bit of respect for me every time they hear <laughs> that 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 I will defend that movie. But I will. I will. I will go to the grave defending that movie. Um, and I, I'm sorry. Capitalism would absolutely open a second theme park. I'm sorry. It's. A hundred percent accurate. And all of the shit that you guys say is dumb. It's not that dumb, especially in retrospect. I don't know if you <laughs> I think about, know about this whole pandemic thing. I, I think about Jesus. Jurassic World every time I go to City Walker Universal. Mm. Uh-huh. I'm like, God, they nailed it. Yeah, I know. Anyway. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. One day we're going to cover the Jurassic Park movies and then everyone will know. I hope so. <laughs> all six of them. Oh. Uh. Yeah, but um, before so, cut to October of two thousand and three. Pirates, mm-hmm. uh, it was like you know everything went according to plan. Uh, it was a bumpy road getting there. Michael Eisner had his trepidation, but suddenly Disney had its own big, hot with the teens four quadrant movie franchise, and they were quick to keep the ball rolling. Uh, in October of two thousand and three, Variety uh, released an article saying that Disney and Jerry Brockheimer, producer, were exploring the idea of shooting two to three, two and three back to back. Which uh, makes a lot of sense. Brockheimer said, you know, all three of these actors were only getting more popular. Pinning them down schedule wise Mm -hmm. was only going to be more difficult. Those sets are expensive. Why would we like shoot one movie and then break everything down and build it up again? Let's let's pump these out quickly. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, and then I guess like kind of like the uh, one of the most divisive decisions in the franchise in retrospect happened where Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, the screenwriters, decided rather than doing a another solo adventure disconnected from everything starring Captain Jack, they decided to uh, and this was what Jerry Brockheimer w- was interested in also uh, moving the story forward. And like, okay, what if everyone had to deal with the consequences of the decisions they made in Curse of the Black Pearl? Mm-hmm. And there's like a whole sect of people that I've I've watched videos of and talked to who wish that they had made the other choice of mm-hmm. like, no, it should have been like Indiana Jones. Like we should have let Elizabeth and 
uh, Will in movie one. And like the more I watch these sequels, the more I am glad as messy as they are that they made the decision that they did. Mm-hmm. But I'd be really interested to get uh, both of y'all's decisions. Like, Cass, like, are you happy if that? I mean, for obvious reasons, I think you are. <laughs> I mean, like, I, um, I was never like it was never about Jack Sparrow to me. Like, Jack was cool, but like, mm-hmm. I was always drawn to like, like I said earlier, like the the love story and like, like Will and Elizabeth to me are like the emotional heart of these, um, at least the first three. And then, because they kind of, like, didn't they kind of backtrack on that with the fourth and fifth, where they're like, oh, we'll just have Jack do, like, a wacky adventure, and then those didn't do quite as well, so. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, it's weird that they chose to do that after the the franchise had gotten so long in the tooth and kind of tired. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Scott, what do you think? I uh, I think at the time I probably agreed with everyone that it should have been just like on like just pirate adventures like an Indiana Jones thing and like yeah with Captain Jack. However, um, watching it this time, uh, Jack sucks. Like he sucks. <laughs> um, I don't. I wouldn't want to follow him uh, as a, as a hero. He sucks. Um, and and so I like what they did here, and I like that they. Uh, you know, built this story out of question marks that were left unanswered in the first movie, like Bootstrap Bill and, you know, the the fact that, like, I think at a point in the ride, they mentioned Davy Jones's locker or mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, things like that. And so it's like there there's all these, like, little elements that they still had that they could pull together into a story. Um, it's... The dis- I think the the poorer decision was not ending the franchise or not like not ending the Captain Jack Sparrow aspect of the franchise with that world's end. I think that's where that should have ended. Mm-hmm. And if they were to make another Pirates movie, they should have rebooted it with new characters because you do three three movies with those three or four or five that that little that ensemble of characters right and then you make the next one and you're like actually we're just bringing back two for this one then it's like no 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 no, no. you either do too fast and too furious second <laughs> or you you move on like you've done a trilogy now do something else with these ones you can still call a pirates of the caribbean just create new characters mm-hmm. um that's that's how i feel about that i i you know and we'll get there when we get to the sequels right. but um i think I think the, the the thing that retroactively makes this the the bad decision isn't continuing with these characters. It is then then taking a couple of them and trying to continue stories with them in sequels um, after doing a trilogy with an up full ensemble. That's the thing that I don't think makes any sense in retrospect. But yeah, it kind of gave audiences you could you could kind of feel audiences in the theaters like why are they still making these like what's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's going on? We're all done with this. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you hit the nail on the head, Scott. Uh, uh, Elliot and Rocio stated that while for Curse of the Black Pearl, they use the ride as the chief wellspring of ideas for the sequels as kind of one story. They looked at the first movie. Mm-hmm. They like looked back through the script in the movie and like, OK, like what did we what could we have said that we were setting up, you know? And mm-hmm. last week I noticed in part one how this is such a cool origin story for Elizabeth. And like Dead Man's Chest and World's End really explores kind of where we 
were hinting at. And it's cool to you kind of see them like looking back like, oh, look at what we were doing. Let's kind of flesh this out more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not the first person to say this, but I actually think she's like, you know, like she's like the protagonist to me, like especially in Dead Man's Chest. Like she undergoes the most changes. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish she had more screen time, honestly. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's see. Writing took place, or writing began in June of 2004, but by January of 2005, Rocio and Elliot were still uh, working on the script. And uh, Disney was getting very antsy. They were actually thinking about canceling the movie. Um, they had been sending actors and crew prep scripts with, like, this might be it. This is what it is right now. Uh, and finally, Disney decided, you know what, we'll do. And this is actually what happened last time. Uh, Rosio, Ted Elliott and Terry Russo were on set of Curse of the Black Pearl to offer rewrites. Um, mm-hmm. An example of one of those rewrites is uh, Elizabeth's dad being in the final battle. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, like little ideas like, oh, what if we did this and make him more of like a likable character? So they were like, you know what? These guys can't pin down a script. Let's just do what we did last time. Have them on location the whole time. They can finish the script as they're going. So no actor had a complete script when they like hopped on a plane and got their shots and like went out to the Caribbean to shoot this movie. Oh my God. Oh boy. Um, there's a fun little uh, moment in like a behind the scenes doc that I watched where Rousseau, the, the screenwriters are like on an island and they're like, yeah, sometimes the actors are like, hey, can we have our lines? And they're like, yeah, we're writing them. And they're like, this kind of sucks. And they're like, no, it'll be good. It'll, it'll make it. <laughs> it'll be more authentic because you just learned them. And and, you know, it, it's like two minds because I'm like, I, I love this movie and I had so much fun watching it this morning that my brain was like, well, it's a miracle this works as well as it does now that I know that it was written like a fucking mm-hmm. Wallace and Gromit train track. But yeah. <laughs> but if you don't like this movie, it's like, oh, well, there you go. It was literally written mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, one thing that I find interesting, because like, okay, so my, my major criticism of the last, mo- of the first movie when we ta- were talking last week was the um, circular nature of like, the back half of the movie where it's like they get to the cave and, but they have the wrong person. And so then they go basically in a circle and then end up back at the cave again at yeah. the end. And I'm like, this is, there was like an hour that we could have like tightened into like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I like that this one isn't like that. Like this is kind of all over the place. However, it's a, makes it a little more difficult to understand because there's all there's also multiple MacGuffins that you have to keep track of. There's the compass and then there's the dead man's chest, which but then also there's the chest and then there's the heart. And so it's just like there's a lot of MacGuffins that you're chasing, right? All simultaneously. Um and and so I, I do like that it's not so circular. But the other thing that I noticed about this one was like I'm I am desperate for the writers to tell me how long of a period of time this movie takes place over. <laughs> because they're traveling like, like the last season of Game of Thrones, where it's like the, the, the city that it took them nine months to travel to in season one is now like 
it's like a 10 minute just float across the ocean. Well, they unlocked know? fast travel to Tortuga because they went there before. <laughs> right, of course. Yes. Yes, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, Captain Jack climbed up uh, on top of a thing, saw the visage of an area, and then dove into like a, a, a pile of hay. Yeah. Um, we don't even have to do a gummy yeah, ship. That level. part of the map. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That's uh, funny. Um, so I, yeah, so I, please. So I have little, I have little stupid issues, like little nitpicky issues with this one, but not like I don't have any problem with the pacing of this mm-hmm. movie. The pacing is really good. I actually think the pacing of this is better than the first one. Whoa, it's hot just take. yeah, I, I yeah, uh, <laughs> but I think that the but I think that the MacGuffins make it making it make it harder for people to like hold on to. Like, there's too many strings. And they're like they're all pulling in different directions, and I think it's difficult for people to like. I think you really have to focus on this movie to like get the, what the story is doing, and that's not necessarily the case with the first one. The first one was very easy to understand. Um, so, but I like the yeah. pacing of this one better. I'm you know hot take. Uh, <laughs> Cass, any like prevailing thoughts or feelings watching it again for the show? This movie. Um. We mentioned it earlier, but, like, the sequence with, like, the cannibal tribe, like, woof. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. I, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that goes on way too long. Like, I could not believe how long that was. And I, I, I think, like, because I, at first, I was, like, put off by how long, because I, I forgot how long the movie is. It's, like, over two and a half hours. Um, yeah. And... I, it's been like at least five years since I'd seen it. Um, so I was like, oh no, I hope I don't like retroactively really like regret this decision, which I didn't. I still had a lot of fun, but like shorten all of that shenanigans with like Jack on the island pretending to be a chief because that is like not, it's not good. I don't, everything else no. holds up though, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think in general, I think. All of the action sequences could be tightened up a little bit. Um, but I also think that they have this problem, which I, I heard. I don't remember the screenwriter who said this. Um, I think they might have even been quoting someone they previously worked with. So who knows? This is like levels. But they call this thing too many mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. And it's the problem that you have that the three of us are very knowledgeable of where there are too many characters and you need to give them all something to do in an action sequence. Yes. (laughs) And it's called having too many mouths to feed. Yes. Um, And this movie has too many mouths to feed. And so the action see every time you go into an action sequence, I'm like, here we go. This Kraken is going to like tear down this ship in slow motion because we have to give 16 people shit to do. Um, And so Despite the fact we saw a Kraken just suck down a ship earlier in the movie, this thing is going to happen in slow motion because we got to cut to individual characters and make sure they all have something to do. And now this sequence is 12 minutes long when it really should be like 30 seconds. I don't mind any of the squid stuff. And I actually think it looks really good. Like, I'm really impressed with the all of the, well, most of the CGI um, in <laughs> yeah. this because this is like over 10 years old. Um, yeah. And like... I, I don't know that I have 20. that. Oh my god! I don't know that I have that problem with any of the other action sequences because, like, the the reason I wanted to talk about this movie and the reason why one of the reasons why I love it so much is that stupid three way sword fight on the spinning thing. Like, that is such a crazy set piece. 
It's yeah. so absurd. And I have so much fun watching it. And like, that is the thing I remember about this movie. So like, yeah, I had completely forgotten about the stupid cannibal thing, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. It needs when, to go away. Uh, when we, uh, <laughs> when we get to the breakdown, I want to just focus on the breakdown. So mm-hmm. just before we wrap up, history i just kind of want to do an overarching thing that i learned about the production of this movie oh yeah sorry okay and it's uh this is the production to call the making of this movie a miracle i think does a disservice to the work and craft done by this crew um I thought you were going to say it does a disservice to miracles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get really mean. Really. Yeah. Miracles are special things. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this isn't worth the. Uh, um, this was filmed during the most active hurricane season in recorded history at the time. Mm. Um, it was shot in bursts. They sometimes would have to like break, wait for it to be safe, and then come back, and like just imagining mounting and remounting everything. Uh, the island of Dominica that they shot, Cannibal Island, they like had to build roads and then the truck drivers had to drive the road. And it just like the crew had to travel getting to set every day was like an adventure. Wow. And, and watching this, it just really felt like watching. And and one of the the producers even remarked on this kind of the end of an era um, in a movie about an era ending. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when I think about movies, I really enjoy, you know, but big, you know, event movies. Now they've like, Oh, we don't need to, Drive, build a road on an on an island that no one's ever been to before. We could just shoot in the volume, um, <laughs> right? But like, there's just like a bigness to this movie, and so I just was watching it this morning, and I was like, oh my god! Like the, these, this crew was absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have I have one technical question about the shoot. Mm-hmm. Was were these two films shot back to back, or were they shot concurrently, like simultaneously? Oh shit! That's a good question. Um. It's really so. It, it's going to be funny. I found a documentary about um, the second one. Mm-hmm. It was like probably a DVD feature on the second, like the, mm. you know. And they kind of did the thing that the Twilight features did too, where they're like, "And then we shot the other one." Oh, okay. And then yeah. we were done. <laughs> you know, like okay, okay. Because we want- so so it sounds like maybe back to back. Probably because there was no script, they couldn't do it the other way. That's a really good point. Yeah, because yeah. they do it the other way, and it's a guy. Like then you're 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 like making up a, two movies as you go along. Then that's, you're then you're then that, you're pulling a Hobbit is what you're doing. Yeah, because that's, that's uh, what yeah. they did for yeah. the Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, we've all seen those 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 images of Peter Jackson just like, yep, just staring in the, staring in the middle distance, <laughs> just calling Gore Verbinski every night. How did you do this? <laughs> I need help. <laughs> You're on your own, buddy. I have to turn two films into three and post. <laughs> uh, commonality, Orlando Bloom. Yep. Yep. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how I was like, man, why doesn't Orlando Bloom work anymore? And I was like, oh, right, because he doesn't have to. <laughs> he's he's going to live he's off set. of the residuals of three Pirates movies and six Lord of the Rings movies mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he's married to Katy Perry. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, even better. There uh-huh. you go. She's 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 doing Las Vegas stuff. Yeah, there's good money in that. That's when you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, let's cut to the let's cut to the breakdown. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm going to start off with, with just like a, a little stupid history thing, which I, I discovered hmm. um, accidentally on this one. Um, this movie opens with the three-dimensional CGI Disney Pictures fanfare logo thing that like starts at the at the tip of the castle and mm-hmm. comes down and you got the moat and the whole thing which they're still using to this day and you know they change it up depending on the movie um this is the very first appearance of this logo was in front of this movie oh cool um they they buried the cost of making this in this the astronomical cost of this movie um so there it is. Huh. Uh, this was the first time that we ever saw it, and it's why I was surprised when it hit. Because th- this is how I accidentally found out. I was surprised when it came up that it wasn't pirates themed. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, weird! It's not pirates themed. I wonder why it's not." Pi- I know there's a pirates themed one, and then I looked it up and like accidentally stumbled into like learning that this was the first yeah. time it was ever <laughs> on. And I was Look like, at oh, I guess That's why they they're not theming it yet because it's brand new. Right. Check this out. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's very extra. I will give them that. It's very extra. Very fitting because this is like Disney flexing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, we're in the game now. Yeah. 2006. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bethany, funny, funny story. Bethany, uh, we just went to Disneyland yesterday as of this recording. I rode Pirates. Um, and uh, uh, Bethany, uh, she bought a sweatshirt that is the 90s Disney Pictures logo. Oh, mm. the blue one? Um, yeah, the blue one. Uh, and it's uh, really cool. <laughs> I guess that logo. Way simpler. Um, anyway, uh, Elizabeth and Will, are uh, they are getting married. Um, but then uh, uh, some dude, some, some, some little guy shows up and is like, actually, you're both uh, wanted for uh, setting Captain Jack yeah. free in the last movie. Um, you guys thought you could just do that and get away with it. And yeah. uh, no, actually. Lord Beckett. Yes. Lord Beckett. Beckett. Played by Tom Hollander. Fucking crushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's such a piece of shit. I, I... <laughs> he's such a piece of shit. Um, um, so you thought you thought no one could out Norrington Norrington whoa, whoa, and then fucking whoa. this guy shows up. How dare you slander Norrington in this house? Oh, I can't... He's such a piece of shit in the first Rude. movie. Are you going to tell me he's not? No, I know. I love him for it. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like, God damn it, I respect Norrington because he's by the book, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 The Elizabeth stuff's um, a little creepy when you watch it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Hollander, um, just big. Uh really reminded me not to talk about Geek by Night again, but uh, uh one of our villains uh uh in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh Billy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. He's definitely that level of a piece of shit mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> and um, and <laughs> For those of you who don't listen, for those of you who don't listen, Nick plays that part. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so they're both under arrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's happening. So they don't get married um, because their wedding is interrupted by this asshole. Um, and so begins a two-film uh, journey of uh, of uh, Captain Jack being the, just the absolute worst um, of all time. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> anyway, so Captain Jack, we get last movie. We got introduced to him in the greatest way imaginable. And obviously they felt that they needed to try and outdo that. Um, but instead, we just get this like scene where he like pops out of a coffin and uses a, a skeleton arm to like row himself back to the back to his ship. It's very silly. 
Um, Where was yeah, he coming I from? I don't know. That looked awesome. I think we're just supposed to be like, ah, <laughs> Captain Jack doing his shit. Traipsing around hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Orthanc. What if like what if what if he just what if, what if he get to the end of the movie and he's just like or like you know and he goes basically goes to hell at the end of this movie mm-hmm. and in the next movie it's just like well I'm out of hell again like <laughs> <laughs> just made it out again that's where I was I mean that's the first act um, of the next movie <laughs> very true yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that he kills a bird first thing no. Um, I don't like. He's named I for a sparrow. He does in this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think. I really. I cannot underestimate how much I fucking hate Captain Jack in this movie. Um, <laughs> just not a single redeeming quality to him as a character. That's funny. Uh, I think they went too far into anti-hero territory with him, um, and just made him kind of irredeemable mm. to me. That's really um, interesting. I mostly hear when people you know talk about. Uh, these sequels they're like oh and then they 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 made him too good they made him not as interesting as he was in the first one. Oh, interesting i don't know what movie they were watching <laughs> um, maybe it's because the movie does, centers him more he is absolutely he's kind of the protagonist more than yeah he's attempting to be the protagonist but he has like nothing to do mm. um and he has no character growth mm-hmm. uh at least not not across this second movie mm-hmm. um Maybe if I look at both of them back to back at that point, I'll be like, oh, okay, I see what his arc was across both movies. But in this individual movie, he's just, he starts as an asshole and he ends as an asshole. <laughs> so anyway. He makes it back aboard the Black Pearl. Yeah, he makes it back aboard the Black Pearl. He's got a compass that seems to be broken, um, which is like a nice like little hanging chad from the first movie. They're like, why has he always got this broken compass and before it was just like a quirky character thing and then in this one they're like no it's a magic compass and i'm like okay guys (laughs) i mean good on you like that's i'm glad that you found like this quirky character thing and and turned it into like a plot point in the next movie like that's pretty fun but um it's just very silly (laughs) um but anyway he's acting weird and his his weirder is realizing how weird yeah weirder um, very, very like dicey. He's acting very dicey, um, <laughs> skittish. It wasn't. It wasn't until the one guy talks to Mister Gibbs and he goes, "He's being weird." Uh, and I'm like, "I guess he is." I guess that was a little much for him. I didn't. Yeah. It's like I, I didn't. It didn't clock that he was acting different. Yeah. 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 Um, I like that yeah. he threatened to shoot the monk, <laughs> the bird. That was fun. Yeah. I think. Okay, so so his arc. Why is the monkey still a skeleton? Um, right. at the the post credits scene in the first movie, the monkey steals a coin from the cursed chest. Oh, okay. I didn't remember there was a post credit yeah. scene in the first movie. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> did you um, Did you watch right. the post credit scene in this one? Oh yeah, the dog is a god now. <laughs> for now, yes. Yeah, for now. Um, he will be eaten and released of his physical body, but <laughs> yes, as, 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 as they say in this, in this one, that is what's going yes. to happen. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so we, so we learn that Lord Beckett is wanting Jack's magic compass 
uh, because what he wants most in the world is like some chest. And we don't learn what's in the chest yet, but he wants this chest. And uh, and so he wants C- Captain Jack's magic compass to get it. Um, <laughs> Jack's magic compass, which points at the thing that the holder of the compass wants the most. And this is... Do um, we ever... Used... Cass, do you know if we ever learn like lore behind this compass? Like where he found it? Um... In the, he gets it off Tia Dalma, right? Because he mentions that he mentions that in their okay. conversation in this one. But I don't think there is like yes. a now we're getting an origin of the compass thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's coming. That's... Yeah, that that not that I'm aware of. I I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So he, he just stole it from like Pirates of the Caribbean six, the Jack Sparrow's magic compass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming soon. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so then we, we cut back to the Pearl and, uh, Bootstrap Bill is on the Pearl and, uh, and this is, we have, um, Stalin Skarsgård, uh, yeah, Stalin Skarsgård, who again, probably controversial. I think he's kind of miscast here. Um, I'm not, I don't see the connection, the familiar, familial connection Mm. between him, uh, and, uh, and Will. Um, who would you they have, have cast? different accents? <laughs> Very true. Oh, man, who would I have cast? Timothy um, Dalton. Timothy Dalton would have been really good. Uh, I like that a lot. Will. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. I've become a coral, um, Will. <laughs> that's an instant yes. Um, yeah, 2006. Man. Cass, do you like Stellan Skarsgård yeah. in this? I do, but... Yeah, I think Scott's right. Like, I I don't know. Like, there isn't, like, a resemblance. But I do like him in the role. So, like, it's kind of difficult. Scott Tapson. Who's, um, uh, who's the guy, uh, uh, the, uh, the actor's name fell on my brain. Um, the guy who plays, um, Falcone in Batman Begins. Oh, Tom Wilkinson. In Tom Wilkinson. That's who I would have cast. Oh. Uh, Tom Wilkinson. He would have been good. Yeah. Because he... They wouldn't even have to change the makeup much. He kind of like has a Stellan Skarsgård like body shape. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like, yeah, I feel like he would have been he would have been good because he would have felt a little more pathetic. There's something like a little. He's not Stellan Skarsgård in this. I feel like as Bootstrap Bill isn't as pathetic as I would want him to be. Like he doesn't feel cursed. Like he's just carrying these chains around of like this choice that he made and like this loss of. This whole life that he could have had with mm-hmm. a family of his son. He doesn't he just feels kinda like still a scars guard who is like always like moderately uh, badass. Got too much like, shit on me, Will. I can't. <laughs> yeah. He just he just doesn't Yeah. He's he's missing like a pathetic quality to him. Um that I think other actors could have like played with more. Like with like Timothy Dalton, for example, you could have played with like, oh, this guy would have been a leading man. But now he's like protagonist if he hadn't you know ended up with this curse mm. and so you could see the leading man and like the patheticness comes out of the fact that like oh he never got to be like this sea this ocean you know hero mm-hmm. like swashbuckling <laughs> you know hero um now he's just like this pathetic like servant to yep. this guy to bill Nye to a squid monster um whereas like still in scars guard 
I'm like, well, that's a character actor. That's a character actor playing a character. Mm -hmm. And, like, it lacks that sort of patheticness I think I would want to see from this character. I don't know. Did you know – I think all that's super valid. Did you know that in a movie famous for breakthrough motion capture technology and everyone wearing, like, a green screen suit, Stellan Skarsgård was the only actor that had to wear prosthetic makeup? That's good. Huh. That's good. Honestly, I think it brings the movie together. Mm-hmm. Like it can because when he looks like that and he's practical standing next to a bunch of CGI monsters, it makes the CGI monsters I think look more real cuz yeah, it's like a transition. Like, it's like oh. a transition from like a normal human makeup human yeah. CGI, you know. Definitely. Um, I, th- I think it does the movie a lot of favors. And he um, was a and Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom both said that he was like a terrific sport about it. And, mm. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, he seems like the most, just like the most professional actor. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is no, I'm not throwing any shit no, no, at Stellan sure. Skarsgård. I love Stellan Skarsgård. I can't imagine him being a pirate. Yeah. Yes. I can't picture him hanging out with Barbosa on the Black Pearl in the first movie. Like, hello, I'm also a pirate. <laughs> and you know what? You know what this movie could have... Uh, I think what this movie, I mean, you know, not to say that this movie should be any longer than it already <laughs> but if this movie had had a cold open where Stellan Skarsgård and Boy William, it was like the moments before the cold open oh, of the previous that's cool. movie. Yeah. Where like, you know, you get your first glimpse at Davy Jones, but like in silhouette or whatever. And it's like <laughs> Bill Nye being like. Uh, you know, yeah. bootstrap bill, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, blah 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 blah, like whatever, you know. And then like the boat goes down. Can you imagine just seeing um, the silhouette of a crab claw? Like hell yeah! It's like what? Whoa, yeah. what's that guy's deal? Because then at least we would have like the concept of what Stellan Skarsgård was like when he was human. Sure, but here, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Like I just can't imagine it. I don't know what that would look like. <laughs> um, and then he delivers Jack. One of my favorite pieces of pirate lore, pirate like iconography, uh, is the black spot. Mm-hmm. Yep, great use of it in this movie. Terrible use of it in that Doctor Who episode titled "The Black Spot." Oh. I don't even remember how they used that, but I just remember that, that they that I hate that episode. <laughs> That's literally what the episode is called. I know. It's called it's Curse called of the, the black, black Spot. spot. Yeah. yeah, Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah, <laughs> so. Um. Anyway, listen to the three of us oh. talk about Doctor Who all the time on the Doctor's <laughs> available wherever you get your podcast. Definitely, it's so I love uh, it's so Gore Verbinski though because instead of a piece of paper with a black spot on it, it's this gross flesh disease mm-hmm. that like yeah. rots the center of your palm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the thing that I really love about and we'll we'll get into the lore of Davy Jones, but I love. Every ounce of it. Um, the lore of Davy Jones fucking rules. Uh, like the fact that he's the fact that he's like he's literally like uh, like the devil, and he like you can sell your soul to Davy Jones, and he'll get you cool shit for a while. And but when your number is called, he's like, "I'm here to collect your soul. You got to be one of my crew mm-hmm. for a hundred years." Like that's um, just how it works. And then you go to hell. That's what happens afterward. <laughs> um, and it's just like. Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, And the fact that, like, Jack sold his soul to Davy Jones to be the captain of the Black Pearl. To raise it from the depths. Yeah, is so fucking dark, but 
exactly what this character would do. Mm-hmm. And it suddenly makes sense when you're seeing him be a captain and you're like, you are the shittiest captain of all time. How did you ever become? Who would follow you? How would you ever become a captain? And then you find out in this movie he's only a captain because he sold his soul to Davy Jones. And I'm like, everything makes sense. That is awesome. Like, I, I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, it rules. Uh, but yeah, he shows up. Bill, uh, bootstrap Bill Turner, Will's dad. Um, he shows up and he's basically like, hey, it's been 13 years. Time to collect, motherfucker. And he's like, he's got a real like um, uh, a Jacob Marley yeah, for sure. Vibe in yeah. this particular scene. Yeah. 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 Um, Haunted. Yeah. Guilty. You're about to be visited by three yeah. <laughs> three fish ghosts. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, get ready. Please. Oh, sorry. I, so if, if we're running with the Jacob Marley thing, would you like Stellan Skarsgård a little more as Bootstrap Bill if that's the only time we see him as like this like i'm here to send a message be- like a herald yes yeah yes but then i wouldn't want him to be bootstrap bill because if that's, he's bootstrap bill true. then he's still will's father and then like you miss out on like that's true that's true any of that and so like that's that's a little bit of a, of a miss but if he was just like one of davy jones's crew and no one like super important and he just showed up mm-hmm. like jacob marley and was like hey dude i want to get off his b- i've done my hundred years i want to get off the boat so i'm here to collect you mm-hmm. because you're you're taking my place mm-hmm. i have to go bastard. to hell i'm excited yeah that that would have <laughs> that would have ruled um that would have ruled um anyway because yeah he's really good in this scene mm-hmm. Stellan Skarsgård. yeah really good him talking and the water's pouring out of his mouth oh that's good. That's good <laughs> shit. Um, so anyway, Scorver Pinsky um, behind the camera. Yeah, that's good shit. Oh, um, when so, gross it so, is. So yeah. So Jack um, learns that he's being tracked by Davy Jones, and his hat ends up in the water, and everyone's gonna like go get it. And he's like, no, 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 let it go. This other boat finds it. They start like wearing it because they're like, look, I'm the captain now. Um, and I really respect them not doing subtitles in this. I think that's pretty fun. Like they're all, they're speaking another language, but like you get it. Mm-hmm. Like they're putting that on and be like, I'm a ship captain. <laughs> the other one's like, I'd look better in the hat, you know, and like and so it's like really great. Um, and then the Kraken just like takes them under like like a snap, like just like snap of the fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, OK, they're they're hunting Jack. Um, before we have like 8 billion other things to talk about, I'll just talk about it now. Uh, I really, I really like the little thing they do with the hat in this movie. And, um, I actually, it's just something I like about watching this movie and over and over again is they remember where little things are Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. they have little setups and payoffs throughout this massive three hour movie Yeah, that Mm -hmm. are like, Oh, that's right. He wasn't holding that. Or, Oh, that's right. She put that there, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. Um, it is really good about that, um, which is surprising considering how it was written. Sure. <laughs> so, um, so after that happens, uh, Will um, basically gets like uh, pardoned isn't the right word, but he gets released from his jail cell um, to go on the hunt for 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 Jack, and he tells Elizabeth um, in. Uh, uh, one of the like 
kind of one of the most hottest romantic scenes I've ever seen in a movie of like the two of them with the, like the jail like the jail bars between them yeah. and and she's just like I'd have you right now if it wasn't for these bars and I was like fuck yeah you would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good this movie is so horny like I'd forgotten how yeah. horny this movie is <laughs> yeah no it's good it's it's real good um, it might be Disney's horniest movie yeah, yeah. I I also think it might be its most violent movie. Like we didn't even talk about it, but we've already had it. A, a guy getting his eyes pecked out by crows. That's true. Yeah, we're about yeah. to see stabbings and throats getting slit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Although we never see it, like when Will mm-hmm. gets his back whipped, they never show the wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just show his reaction. They just see Davy Jones being really into it. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. And the fact that he just like derives pleasure from <laughs> pleasure and power from cruelty. He's God. A, yeah. he's, he's, a, a, he's, he's he's a legend. He's a real son of David a bitch. David Jones is a goddamn legend. I can't wait to talk about him more. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so anyway. So Will's like, I'll, I'll be back. And when I come back, we'll both be free. And, and then we'll get married. And she's like, cool. Um <laughs> so he goes on a on a journey to go find Jack mm-hmm. um, and uh, eventually finds the pearl washed ashore on an island. Yes. Where the cannibals Cause, are. Because Jack was villagers. Jack was like, we need to get to land now. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Right. Gibbs is like, hey, where's the nearest port? And he's like, I didn't say port, dumbass. I said land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So they just like they just like wash the ship. I don't know how they got it back in the water, honestly. Uh, those two came and helped out. Those other two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, so then we get the cannibal sequence and we never cut away from it. We're just like here with the cannibals. We're committed. Um, for a, lo- a very long period of time. It's like 40 minutes. It, sequence. It feels, you know, like we talked a lot about how in the first movie, Gore Verbinski and subsequently everyone was really behind, you know, sailing under the flag of an idea of we're reviving a dead genre. Mm-hmm. And we're hearkening back to a bygone era of filmmaking of like, you know, King Kong and, you know, pirate movies yeah. and stuff. And this feels like echoing that tradition and like yeah. the in like, a, oh, not realizing why this should be left in the past. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's rough that like the th- main thing that I kept thinking about while watching this was like, oh, it's just like the Ewoks. That's what I thought about a lot because like they bring, they bring them in with the, and they're on the sticks and they come and they're going to eat them. And then there's like, there's like a, there's like one of the characters where they're like, oh, this is our God, you know, it's very similar to the Ewoks. There's there's an otherness and there's an inhumanity to the natives on the island. Mm -hmm. That is not only, you know, everything that we've been talking about, but it's also kind of going against Gore Verbinski's aesthetic so far which is yeah. really wanting to ground the movie in historical accuracy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like one thing I like about the movies is like, they acknowledge that there were tons of people of color all over the place in this part of the world. And, mm-hmm. and you know, even back in this part of history, which is something that a lot of movies don't. And it's, that feels really realistic. And then this feels like almost as bad as like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Mm. Yeah. Of like, yeah, it just feels very cartoony and, 
Braun. Yeah. And like some terrific choreography and stunt bits that are still really impressive and fun. Yeah. Like the ball, yeah. the running around in the ball stuff is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, the physics, yeah, the, of... the 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 skeleton, the the, um, the skeleton cage, the skeleton cages, yeah, <laughs> very yeah. dark, very dark, <laughs> extremely dark. Also, uh, those cannibals made quick work of that crew, because um, they mentioned like, no, no, these are fresh bones. These are not. That goes back to bones what they had lying around. <laughs> what you were saying about the weird timeline of this movie? Uh huh. Yeah. Like how long um, were they on this island? They've been there. Yeah, I don't know how long they've been there. And then also, like, how long has Captain Jack been chief? And why is it as soon as Orlando Bloom shows up, they're like, okay, now we're going to like eat you and you release you from your physical form? Um, that doesn't like why is it happening now versus I don't know four weeks ago or whatever. <laughs> like it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. What if we just said going forward, this all takes place in one day? <laughs> I'm for well, it. There, well, later on in the movie, we get like a set time frame where he he tells Jack he has three days to like round up a hundred right. souls. But then, like, right. how like what? It's going to take you three days to like they go to Tortuga right. and they like. <laughs> Yeah, they fast travel to Tortuga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, okay. So anyway, so the island happens. Uh, Jack gets away. Uh, one of the skeleton balls gets away, um, and uh, and then the uh, those two goofballs try and steal the pearl. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they're here as like bulk and skull, basically. <laughs> they're and they're Christian now. <laughs> oh right, yes. <laughs> of course. Oh, you can forget. And there's a part where back at the the the, the jail cell, <laughs> where um, where uh, uh 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 Elizabeth's dad was watching the hottest scene in film history, <laughs> right before. <laughs> he doesn't go anywhere. He's right there. Yeah. But he's like, oh, "Where's that dog with the keys?" And we find out they like bribed the dog with the keys to come with them and help them escape. And now he's mm-hmm. like been their friend for an indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> yes, yeah, but he still has the keys in his mouth. He's never dropped the keys. He is a good boy. He's a good boy. He's still he's still the dog with the he's keys. He's doing in his, his job. Um, he yeah. he doesn't finally drop them until he gets on the island, and then he's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> I don't think I need these." <laughs> um. Okay, so... But then the Islanders chase him um, away, and the audience is supposed to be like, I guess they ate that dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sure does happen. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth yes. gets out of... So So Elizabeth's dad, the governor, um, he, like, writes a letter to the king, right? Mm-hmm. Or, the, or gets a letter from the king. I This was hard to follow, I'll be honest. Um, he breaks... But they killed the guy. Yeah, he breaks, yeah. He breaks Elizabeth out of... Out of prison, basically. And he's like, okay, so yes. I'm going to smuggle you to England with a letter to the king. So hopefully he pardons you and, like, you don't die. Pretty much. Oh, okay. So it is a letter to the yes. king. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. A buddy a buddy of mine from back in the day is going to be waiting for you. And that's mm-hmm. the guy that Beckett's goon has stabbed mm-hmm. when they right. get to the dock. Um, okay. So then she, like, goes 
to Beckett and is like, hey, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, Great scene. I'm the pirate now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the pirate <laughs> now. <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to go find Jack. Obviously, like, Will's, I don't know what he's doing, but, like, I'm going to go find him. Two heads are better than one, right? You want the thing that you want, I'll get him, mm. um, and I'll get it for you. So she goes off. I and, really uh, – joins a crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, that – this is really when the movie starts firing on all cylinders for me is when Elizabeth becomes an active agent again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And Absolutely. really, something I thought about is I really appreciate – it's going to sound weird, and I don't know how true this gets going into movie three – but I like how much of this movie's plot is character based of mm-hmm. X character makes this decision because of what mm-hmm. they want or what, what information they have. And it causes this mistake and has this consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like that, too. But I think that because they were making this up on the fly, I think what it results in is a very complicated, convoluted plot. Because everything goes back to character choices, but the characters are constantly making choices. So, and every choice layers something else onto the plot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that's how you get this, like, this plot that is, like, very uh, expansive. Yeah. Right. I should yeah. say. Not, not, a, not a super, uh, th- that's what, how you get multiple MacGuffins and things sure. like that. I guess I just remember yeah. thinking, like, wow, like, I really love, like, Ray and Pin, Pin, Ray and, like, Finn and Poe. But yeah. I, I wish they had been given as much room as these characters are to, like, jump, make decisions and do stuff and be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I love I love yeah. that they give their characters so much agency in this movie. Um, I just wish that it had been done yeah. in a script that wasn't made up on the <laughs> Yeah. Written in a tent. You're right. Yes. Um. So, uh, okay, so that takes us to um, Elizabeth working undercover in a ship crew. So who, who are these guys? Are they, they're not pirates. They're just... Um, they, yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're, they're sailors. They're just like legal, they're on, just on the level, okay. working class sailors. Mm-hmm. Just legit, like Moby Dick style, yeah. just like sailors. I really like these characters because it kind of shows a side of the universe we haven't seen yet, which is like blue collar working class sailors. Mm -hmm. And they're really useful for like plot deliverance. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I like, I like these guys. Good. And she gets to fuck with them, which is also fun. Um, That happens in a little while. Uh, First we meet the voodoo priestess Tia Dalma played Mm -hmm. by Naomi Harris. Yes. um, In a, I'm going to say, in a performance that is on the level of Captain Jack Sparrow. Like, it's that level of, like, fully formed character with zero of the credit. And that is shitty. Mm-hmm. She should have been... She should have had uh, Best Supporting Actress nomination for this thing. Because it fucking rules. She's so good in this movie. Yeah, no, she's up there. I think she's she's just so underrated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like this is like a Jeffrey Rush level performance of like I feel like every line she delivers is just dripping with like you know emotion and like spookiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Every line has like a twist in it that you're not expecting of like a twist in her performance. You know, where you're like, oh, I wouldn't have thought to say it that way. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's it's a lot of really cool shit like that. It's just man. It's good. It's really good. It's like 
she's just taking everybody to school in this movie, <laughs> um, and, and getting zero credit, but she fucking rules uh, in this. Um, yeah. So this is a really fun character. They give her the monkey. Uh, yeah, they do. Um, and then she tells them about Davy Jones's heart, which is in a dead man's chest. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you know that that's what you're looking for and that's what you need, you need the key. He keeps the key on him at all times, Davy Jones. Mm-hmm. So you need the key. And then you got to go get the chest. And yeah. You got to open the chest, and then you got to stab the heart, and that'll kill Davy Jones and like end the whole blah blah blah. Well, Scott, uh, the reason he did that, Tia Dharma tells us, is uh, he fell in love with a woman as mm-hmm. untamable as the sea, and rather than deal with the pain of of love, Davy Jones ripped his own heart out and and put it in this chest. Great, which I... is just like the most. Please. <laughs> I love how extra this movie is. Like, the first one, like like we were talking a little bit about earlier, like the first one seems pretty grounded for a movie about pirates and cursed gold, like zombies and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. this one, I feel like they just decided to turn everything up to 11, regardless of how that would shake out, and I respect them for that. <laughs> um, and sometimes it works mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't. But, like... The like the Davy Jones like like taking an expression like Davy Jones and then turning it into like this whole like magical lore thing is like so romantic cool. gothic yeah like, it's like I can't yeah. deal with being in love so I'm gonna tear my heart out <laughs> oh my god like, it's so good I I will but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a connection in a little while that I think I think you're really gonna like Cass. okay but um but yeah it's fucking it's so good it's so good and then like the romance part of it that's what makes this the four quadrant movie Mm -hmm. right is because like the romance shit is so good and like i hate this love triangle shit that they're trying to make happen now granted it doesn't seem legit it seems like there's something else happening here that they're like like when she has the compass and it points at jack it's not pointing at jack right it's like I like she wants Jack because like she needs Jack to like get Will out of shit. I think you could like the both of them out of their shit, right? I think you could read it a couple ways. Like I kind of like I like what Elizabeth's lust or fascination with Jack kind of says about her character and how Jack kind of personifies like the freedom and like I kind of wish I didn't give a shit the way he does and like I kind of like there's something that he represents something that I think I kind of like about. I about being a pirate, mm-hmm. you know. Interesting. Um, I I'm glad that you're getting that out of it. I hate it. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't like it because the thing that I like about this movie is that they start this movie and you're like, okay, we did the whole movie. Their whole courtship was in the previous movie. Now they're in love. They're like five seconds away from walking down the aisle. They love each other more than t- two people have ever loved each other. And now they're separated and like fucking deal with that romance. <laughs> and like I like that's some that's some good shit. Um, I love that shit. And then as soon as like Captain Jack shows up and she's the movie suggests that she might be kind of into him. I'm like, no, I don't I don't I don't want to like I like the purity of their love. Um, and, and the purity of that romance, I don't like it being sullied by her liking this fucking smelly guy. <laughs> um, Jack, Jack Sparrow has always struck me as like, I, that dude smells like he smells I bad. Think, oh, for sure. Um, I, I, I think like lust is a good word. Like, cause she, she's like so focused. She was like, I just, 
I just want to bang my future husband. And now I'm stuck out here with all yeah. of these smelly dudes. And like this smelly dude is the one yeah. I like the most out of all the smelly dudes. So I guess he's pretty cool. <laughs> but like as soon as Will shows up, she's just like, oh, no, this is this is the one. And then like yeah. we'll talk about it later on. But like I think what she does is um, like out of necessity and also I don't know. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll right. talk about mm-hmm. that. It's kind of cool and it kind of puts it kind of puts Elizabeth in a position that not a lot of women in blockbusters get to do of like having these like kind of almost James Bond like connections with like mm-hmm. this guy kind of sucks but like I'm horny and we're on a boat mm-hmm. so like I'm going to I'm going to kind of flirt with this guy but also try to see find out yeah. Yeah. No, I think I I think I like it yeah. because or like now. Now I like it because like it it strays away from like it undercuts like the virtuous heroine trope where it's just mm. like, you know, she's either like a fallen woman, quote unquote, or like uh, like a like a like on a pedestal, um, which comes from like a lot of Victorian literature. And like, I like that they let Elizabeth be human in these because um, I think it contributes mm. to like like when she makes that decision finally in like the third one, like it feels right you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. i think i just have an issue with people finding johnny depp attractive. <laughs> Fair enough. i think that might just be the sure. issue it's you're just like, like i don't get it you're what past, the fuck do you see in this guy you're you're through <laughs> that you can't not see the yeah yeah you can't like yeah it's it's gone for you yeah well i, mean, I didn't even like him back then i've never oh, thought, okay. i've never understood like women who were like super into captain jack sparrow I'm like what 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 are you seeing like he looks smelly like he just <laughs> looks like he fucking smells yeah. he takes a shower every six months like what the fuck do you see in this guy it just doesn't i can't he's i just can't he's the can't. the place i don't know I, yeah. I wish i could answer this question for you but honestly like i've always been team will so <laughs> like i don't know yeah. either okay i think it's kind of the it's like you know with the machine gun kelly kind of thing of like some some people are like, yes, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I don't like that it's either. It's the guy liner. Barker, Machine Gun Kelly thing. Yeah. I'm not into that either. Yeah. I want yeah. I want someone smelly and gross and shitty and tall. <laughs> Somebody who's going to, like, treat me bad. Yeah, I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I don't know. Um, anyway. Um, I am. I have. I have issues with uh, with this with this piece of shit. Um, so that's, <laughs> where that's on me. Where I genuinely don't remember where we're at. In the, in the... So so um, uh, yeah. So he finds out about about the about Davy Jones's heart, mm-hmm. right? And he finds out that Davy Jones can only be on land once every ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll swing back around to that in a little, like a little later. Man, I, I want I want just a short film of just his one day on land. Yeah. <laughs> Ah. ah, does he still look like Davy Jones, or does he look like Bill Nye for one day? For for one day every time. I hope he has to go to a, go to a store or like go to a move, go to get some coffee, like as him. Yeah. Um. So so they're gonna get the key. Mm-hmm. Will's gonna sneak on board the Flying Dutchman mm-hmm. to steal the key. He thinks that the wrecked ship is the Flying Dutchman, mm-hmm. right? But it's like a trick. Yes. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, 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 Captain Jack is telling him, like, yeah, that's a flying Dutchman. He's like, it does not that. It doesn't look that, like, imposing and like, cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 
All ships look the same. Go. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Please, Casper. Gonna... I think it's just bait. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. I had the weird. Uh, I I thought they knew that the Flying Dutchman takes shipwrecked people to their deaths, and so they found a recently wrecked ship. Because Mr. Gibbs was like, I got caught on the coral. And I'm like, oh, they know that it's coming. Right. Oh. So he's, okay. So because then it comes, it breaches the water. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, who wants to go to hell? Who wants to die right now? <laughs> but what's with the, but what's with, with the will? Like, like, but they're still lying to Will yes, about yeah, it. Yes. Yeah. Right? They trick like, Will him. doesn't know that that's the yes. plan. Okay. Yeah. They're like, that's okay. the flying Dutchman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. We're so, all right. And so it's both things simultaneously. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay. <laughs> So, um, so he gets over there, the flying Dutchman shows up and then that's when he meets Davy Jones and we see this incredible CGI character, um, that I will go so far as to say, not only does the CGI hold up, but I don't know how they accomplish this, but I actually think the CGI holds up better in broad daylight than it does at night. I think Mm. at night it doesn't look quite as good as it does in broad daylight. I think in broad daylight, it is stunning. Um, and stunning in daylight. This, and this is also crazy for digital so the cats off to everyone who worked on, on this movie. Yeah. But yeah. in the daytime later, you really get to appreciate just how much detail mm-hmm. is on every pore of this character. Yeah. Yeah. It's bonkers. <laughs> Still. Um, it, like, wow. Oh, Cass. Um, uh, we were, I can't remember what podcast we were talking about, but Scott mentioned that the character of Gollum is starting to age a little bit to him. Mm-hmm. Um, how did how does this character compare to? I mean, you spent a lot of time watching Gollum mm-hmm. not too long ago. Yeah. I yeah no I am. I think that's that's the most impressive thing about this is like the daylight versus nighttime thing because Gollum I think still looks really good in shots where he's like partially obscured by darkness, um, or like that blue light filter mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and it doesn't look so good when he's like in like fishing in broad daylight with the hobbits in like two towers. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know. Like the attention to detail on like Davy Jones, like is almost like uncomfortably like it, it looks, it doesn't look real, but it also like doesn't have the weird, like uncanny Valley thing that some CGI does. Um, and it's just like a really good mix of, I don't know, I don't know. They like someone sold their soul, I guess, to make. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently the crew, the the digital crew, like after the fact, had so much fun day in and day out animating uh, Bill Nighy mm. because like every take he was just doing, bringing such little life moments and weird little. Tw- ticks and quirks to this character that they were like oh we have to capture that little lip thing that he does or this little Mm -hmm. this kind of like snarl that he's it's i think it's on the mount rushmore of like motion capture performances Mm -hmm. yeah it's the only one he's ever done too right that's crazy wow yeah wow i know crazy he's like well i can't top that so why bother <laughs> i just pictured him andy circus is like i keep trying <laughs> i keep picturing a mount rushmore that's just like davy jones Gollum, smaug yeah and um caesar yeah. caesar <laughs> andy circus andy circus has twice. two on there <laughs> yeah which is fair i think for sure um 
So, uh, so yeah, so so some rigmarole happens, um, and uh, he ends up realizing that it's a trick. Teleports over to the Black Pearl, and uh, is like, "No, I, you owe me your soul, yeah. Captain Jack. You've been introducing it's yourself to collect. as Captain Jack Sparrow this whole time. Yeah, thirteen years. That was the deal. Um, it's over. Here we go." And uh, and Jack basically is like, no. So the boy is an offering, and you'll have the boy, and that's one. And then I will find you ninety nine more. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's what we'll do. Like I I will trade for each year that I was supposed to be one of your crew. I will find you a crew member. Um, and he has three days to do it. So ninety nine people in three days. If I'm Davy Jones. I'm like, I don't want 99 new crew members. Right. It seems excessive. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we find out later on that at some point he's like, ah, we're good. Kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the other thing, too, is like how long into the process of being a crew member before they start turning into sea monsters? You know, we don't see any like, normal just- people running around. Quote normal. I don't mean to be. Well, you have the you have like the the fresh guys, and obviously Will. Yeah, but we don't see fresh the fresh guys again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess we don't ever see the fresh guys again. This right? is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know when that process takes place. Mm-hmm. I there's just something so. Oh, sorry, Cass. We're gonna. Well, I was gonna say like, how old is Will like canonically? Because like, if his dad like. Uh, I I don't I haven't seen the first movie in a while, but right. like they talk about like whenever they the mutiny happened and then they went for the gold and then like Bootstrap got tossed mm-hmm. overboard and that's when he was like I don't want to spend the rest of eternity down here alive at the bottom of the ocean, mm-hmm. so I'll just join Davy <laughs> Davy Jones. So like he's been on that ship right. for like yeah. what fifteen years. Yeah, let's say yeah. he was like twelve in that cold open. Will. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth. They're like 11 or 12. Let's say they're 14 and 15. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some real Romeo and Juliet shit. <laughs> no. Yeah. They're like, um, they're like in their early I think 20s. She was like, I think she's like 18 in that, in the first movie. And he's like 20. Okay. That okay. was my okay. estimation. Cool. Um, so yeah, like 15 years, like Cass said. Yeah. 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 Um, it's okay, so crazy so... that Kira Knightley is still only like nineteen during this one. Is she really? No, she's she's in her twenties at this point. Okay, okay, so it's been like three years. Three years. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, so they're like, "Where are we going to get ninety nine souls?" And they're like, "Let's go to Tortuga." And so they just start holding auditions and just letting everybody join the crew because they know that they're just going to sacrifice them to mm-hmm. Davy Jones. I kind of can't believe this was in a Disney movie. Yeah, this is like James Gunn, like level dark and <laughs> yeah. fucked up, and like I'm kind of in love. I'm with missing it. an arm and a leg. Not a, not as long as far as our crew is concerned. Yeah. Can sign sign up. Like, Here we go. I don't care if I live or die. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Cass, and then there's You're gonna get both. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we we get an introduction that I've I've been dying to get your perspective on. Yeah. What do you think of James Norrington human train wreck? Oh my god. Okay. So you know that phenomenon where like like a, a man is attractive and then you put dirt all over him? 
like Aragorn, same deal. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I love mm-hmm. Dirty Norrington so much. Um, it and it feels like it feels like such a fall from grace. <laughs> And it's so like he—he he is such a train wreck. I love it. I love it so much. Do you think that kind of makes him more compelling? Is that he was so lawful good, and just life just kicked his ass yes. for three years? Yes. And, and, and like through no fault of his relate. own, like he—he he just like got the short straw like every single time, and like. Yeah. Uh, oh, so there's this part early on where um, the crew members are listing the things that Jack has gotten them into. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, and then there was the hurricane. And they're like, yeah, the hurricane. And later on in this scene, Mr. Gibbs is like, oh my God, you didn't try and chase us through the hurricane, did you? Mm-hmm. And he's like, of course I did. I'm James Norrington. <laughs> <sighs> and Scott, what do you think yeah. of, uh, of Dirty Norrington? I, I love Dordington. Dord- uh, <laughs> he's... Scumbag Norrington. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love it because the thing that you you love about it is like yeah you're right he was very lawful good mm-hmm. to the point that he was so lawfully good that there was like he had no internal sense of right and wrong it was just like no there is the law and that's mm-hmm. it um and and you know and he had his own issues with like pride and and things like that and so to see him get taken down a peg dig like five, all the pegs at least in this. yeah <laughs> it no it's it's the best and it's exactly what you want um for this character and it's it's really exciting to see him come back now and be able to play like a different mode mm. um you know he's not just playing the same guy anymore he's totally on a different plane of existence and what i love about it is that when dordington first shows up and he's like covered in dirt and his hair is greasy and i think he's still got like wig pieces that's the worst part fucking hair is that he's still trying yeah. to wear the wig yeah and then he's and he's drinking and it's just this whole vibe right but the thing that i love about it is that it doesn't suit him at all like it feels awkward the whole time in like a really great way where it's like this is a guy who is not comfortable in his own he reminds me of um cricket on it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It's a real yeah, it's a real cricket move where it's just like he was a priest and now he's like homeless and missing an eye and yeah. yeah it's just yeah. Uh um, also kind of reminds me yeah. of uh, Principal Skinner in The Simpsons when he would fall totally. on hard times. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it wouldn't look right. No, it, it Yeah, it just doesn't look right. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It doesn't look right and that makes it like rule for the character. Mm-hmm. But then I yeah. think magic happens when we get to and believe me, listener, we're going to get the triple sword fight. But mm-hmm. that, I think, is when Norrington enters his, like, he starts wearing it more. And I'm like, oh, this kid, you kind of rock this look now. Mm-hmm. Now that you're, like, a little clean. Yeah. Yeah. He's not yeah. drunk. No, it's good. He's got, like, swashbuckler yeah. vibes. <laughs> he's not, yeah. He's yeah. not covered in pink. Like shit. Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. Also, getting a big style upgrade, in my opinion, is Elizabeth. Yes. Um, she yeah. she rocks a, a pirate outfit. Yeah. Yeah, I really like her, like, I'm pretending to be a dude hair thing that she's got going mm-hmm. on. That was really cool looking. And then, yeah, and then when she lets her hair down again, like, it rules in the pirate outfit also. So she just she just rules mm-hmm. the whole way through this mm-hmm. movie. She kind of rules. 
Um, oh, oh my God. I missed this. I've always missed this. But, you know, we get that great bar fight with mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. The the canon that in between movies Will taught Elizabeth how to sword fight is great. Yeah. I I also love the business that they give characters to do um, in, in these kinds of fights. Because, like, you've got... <laughs> You've got Dordington and and um, and Elizabeth, you know, doing their sword fighting thing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's one thing. But then you have Jack, just trying to like remove himself from the mm-hmm. problem. But he's taken it upon himself to be like, I'm going to find a mm-hmm. new hat. And so like, <laughs> that's what he's doing during this fight. Is like somebody passes by with a hat and he just takes the hat, puts it on, and then he's like, no, and he switches it out for someone else's hat, and then like gives that hat to somebody else as they like get thrown off of a. A banister, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's like fun little. I love little business like that, and I think that's why I think Cass like put it. You know, she like this movie is so extra. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this movie is so filled with fun little things like that. Mm-hmm. That I think it's why it gets away for me. It gets away with being as long as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right, so now we need to cut to. Um, <laughs> Maybe one of the most in- incredible things ever captured on film. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that is Davy Jones just rocking his phantom o- organ. Um, with his tentacles. With his tentacles. And just going to yep. town. And I just realized, like, oh, yeah, he's like the, he's like the phantom yes. of the opera. Like, that's yes. his whole thing. It's just like I ripped out my heart because this woman wouldn't love me. And now I'm a monster, and I play the organ, and I make everyone miserable around me. I make it everyone else's problem. Like <laughs> I make, yeah, I make my feelings everyone yeah. else's problems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man, I don't even know if this is a joke, but that's my favorite moment is when, um, not to jump ahead, but like when the dice, when Will is learning the dice game, mm-hmm. and. Um, and and then it's like I challenge Davy Jones, and you realize the score in the scene has been Davy Jones playing the organ yes. in the scene. <laughs> yes, because the organ music stops. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And he's just been jamming the whole time, and the crew's just going on about their day. <laughs> captain's captain's on the organ yeah. again. <laughs> Oh man! Do you think he ever has jam sessions with anybody else? Like, does anybody like come in with like a? I feel like they would I die. Hope so. Like a... I feel like I feel like this is his yeah. special organ time, and no one's allowed okay. to interrupt yeah. him to his jam session. That's true. Oh man, it's so good though. It's the best. I love it. I love it. Um, Will tries to steal the key, or how close does he get? So so first we get um, the lashing scene. Yes, um, they drop the cannon. Yeah, where where um, uh, Bootstrap Bill realizes that this kid they picked up is his mm-hmm. son, um, and then drops the cannon, uh, and everyone blames Will for it, and they're like, "Yeah, you got to get five lashings." He's like, "No, I'll take them for him," because he's like, "A, this was my fault. B, uh, he's my son," and then Davy Jones is like, "Oh, he's your son. <laughs> then you do it." Uh, and I'm gonna watch. It's pretty what a dick. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's just such an asshole. When he's like, "Oh, here's that. Here, you do it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Punish your yeah. son. Uh, and just the lip acting that Bill Nye he is doing as he's watching Will get lashed is mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That little, like, that thing that he does where he snaps his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Little popping thing that he does. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, God. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's just the, it's, it's the best. It's the most Bill Nye shit did imaginable. He, and it's just my favorite thing. Did he know what he was going to look like before? I don't know. I don't know. Because it just, it all feels so right. Like, it all just feels yeah. so organic. Yeah. Because he is, he's yeah. an octopus man, so he's filled with these little pores and, like, sticker things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then the liar's die scene happens um, so that he can, and he, yeah. he, he loses, Will loses, but his dad loses harder. Yes. He steps in to yeah. lose harder. Will, um, Will really reminds me of, like, how I play D&D, where, like... I'll hang back. I won't rock the boat too much. But then every once in a while, I'll just make a really big decision mm-hmm. without really understanding, like, what the consequence. I'm just, I challenge Davy Jones. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that he Fuck doesn't it. understand what the consequence is. Because, like, later when his dad, when he's like, why did you, you're stuck here on this pirate ship forever. I was just trying to figure out where the keys are. Right. And Bootstrap's yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it. It just it just feels like yeah that's great it just feels like a really great D and D mini game this yes. whole sequence yes it does <laughs> complete with a villain playing an organ oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> and it's like okay you lost the dice game but now you know that the bad guy has the keys on him mm-hmm. so now you can break into his is 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 and like you know roll stealth and try and get it from him mm-hmm. which is also crazy <laughs> um. So so his dad helps him get the key mm-hmm. and then he leaves will leaves He loves his dad um, now. He's like I'm going to Yeah, I'm going to I I love your dad. I love you dad and I will be back. I'm not going to leave you like you left me. Oh. Low key. Um and he's like, "Oh, oh. I feel bad, but also I'm proud." <laughs> uh, and, and so so will uh will escapes with the key to go find um Captain Jack. And the uh, the chest. He meets up chest. with the crew that uh, that Elizabeth was staying with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We missed the whole thing with the ghost, where she gets them to go to Tortuga because mm-hmm. she like uses one of her dresses and pretends it's like a lady of the mm-hmm. ocean or whatever. Um, What's that over and, there? Uh, yeah, and has to like be really obvious about like the clue that she leaves <laughs> them. Um, it's really good. I love watching her like puppeteer mm-hmm. it, like up at the top. Of the that was really fun. It's always reminded me of Peter Pan. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Just like swinging around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they're all on the island. They all arrive on the island um, to get the um, the chest. To get the the chest. Oh, I want to say. Um, I think one of the underrated stars of this movie is uh, our ocean. The ocean just looks gorgeous in this movie. I know. It does. It looks really good. It looks really good. Um, It's one of the only things, because I will say, one of the complaints I have about this movie um, and about Gore Verbinski as a director just in general is that he does like a muddy palette Mm -hmm. um, from from a color standpoint, but he kept the ocean like blue as hell. Um, like it's really like nice, pretty, bright blue. But then you get onto like the Davy Do- Jones ship at night, and I'm like, I can't see uh-huh. anything. I don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on. <laughs> I can't make anything out. Um, yeah. 
Uh, but uh, but but in general, I think that the ocean. I think you're totally dead on. The ocean looks gorgeous all the time. Um, so they're on the island, uh, and they find the the chest. Um, there's this bit with the the compass and. She's holding the compass and it's pointing at Jack and then Jack holds the compass and it's pointing at her. And uh, Dordington is like, ah, see, you guys like each other. And he's like, like, what? No, of course not. And then she's like, he's like, get up. You're sitting on top of it. And then like they dig, they dig the chest out of the, the ground where um, Elizabeth was sitting. Um, so it was kind of a, a, a false, a false positive. Um, <laughs> so uh, they bring that up at the same time that the Kraken Yes. Is tearing down that that ship that Will mm-hmm. is on. Um, he escapes, takes a boat uh, out to the island. Pretty horrific where sequence. They're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very very horrific sequence. Um, the Kraken is uh, pretty crazy, pretty <laughs> crazy. Um, good CGI on it. Yeah, she's aged pretty well too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's something about that, like kind of like semi translucent, <laughs> slimy, like squiddy yeah. octopus skin. Is like maybe it just works well with like CGI lighting or something. Maybe it's just like maybe easy yeah. to make in computers. I've never thought about some of his crew members don't look great. Like the pufferfish <laughs> guy doesn't look great. Um, I'm a big fan of the uh, shark guy. Oh, definitely doesn't look. Good. I love hammerhead shark guy. I don't think he looks good. I like his design, but I don't. I don't. I don't think he looks. He's not on the level. Um, I don't know. There's one, the one that yells at Will for dropping the cannon doesn't even look like a fish anymore. He's just like a shape. Yes. Yeah. I think he's supposed to just be barnacles, right? Or like coral or something. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if you get to decide Um, what you turn into. I don't know. I don't know. I just wish they were a little more colorful. Mm. I think. They're hard to like figure out what they are because they're just all kind of like muddy colors Mm -hmm. um i think that's why i like davy jones so much is that he is like kind of like that purpley squiddy octopus he's green and he's uh is he green is that what he is okay he looks good especially in daylight he looks good yeah he looks really good. uh apparently one of the reference one of the references they used was when coffee like a like a stained coffee filter oh yeah Hmm. okay it makes sense. Um, I really so anyway. They I, dig up the yeah. chest, yeah. and we get these. Uh, we get the Mexican standoff of swords. Amazing, yeah, spectacular. It's good. Um, it's real good. Uh, and then when the three way fight mm-hmm. starts, it starts at a distance. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see a lot of it because it's just Elizabeth being like, "You fucking idiots, knock She's it right. off! <laughs> I don't want any one of you to kill each other. Stop it." <laughs> It's, but I do like that for uh, for a franchise, for a trilogy, that is, especially with these first two movies, the three lead male characters are all have eyes on Elizabeth as, like, a potential love mm-hmm. interest, that this three-way fight has nothing to do yeah. with her. Like, I think that's why I like it so like much. Like, she fakes... Yeah, she, like, fakes fainting and, like, they don't uh-huh. give a shit. They're just like, no, we're fighting. <laughs> That was great. And yeah, I like I love this sequence because it is so full of character of like her realizing like, oh, shit, they actually this isn't about me. I can't do the same trick that I did last time. And like 
how it would, like they'll like Will and Jack will team up on Norrington for a little bit, and then they'll team up on Jack for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They'll like yeah. remember each other. Uh-huh. Just like yeah, the whole thing is just really propulsive before we even get to the freaking wheel. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then Bulk and Skull show up, and they're like, "Let's go steal that chest. It's probably worth some money." And they're like, "Cool, yeah, great." So then they go after that, and then she goes after them. Yeah, um, which it, is which is cool. there's something really chaotic about this trilogy that I really enjoy. Where like. You know, the the main characters are constantly like, now I'm chasing you. We're like, oh, we're friends now. We're like, oh, now I want the, you know, yeah. it keeps it fun for me. I, I only remember two sequences in three sequences in the next one. Um, So I will be, I, I none of them are action sequences, theoretically. So I'm interested to see what the action sequences are like in the third one, because mm-hmm. I don't remember any of them. Um, I just remember like, the opening sequence where they're like sneaking in somewhere. And then I remember uh, all of the, the different pirates, all the pirate mm-hmm. Lords or whatever. And then I remembered the swirly ocean. That yeah. th- I think that's it. Th- that they're all spinning That counts as on. an action sequence. The, the That's like spectacle, right? Are they sword fighting and shit while oh, that's happening? Yeah, yes, sir. They are. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then fair <laughs> enough. See, I don't remember that. I just remember the swirly <laughs> ocean. That's all I remember. Um, it's just that that sort of a uh, spectacle visual mm. thing. Um, so anyway, three way fight scene. Uh, uh, they uh, the heart swap happens, mm-hmm. where like the heart comes out of the box, goes into the dirt, and gets taken out of the dirt by Nori. So it's just like a lot of like uh, what what is that call where like you put the ball in the cup and misdirection you move the cup around? Yeah, sure, misdirection. <laughs> yeah, the cup game. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, the wheel mm-hmm. sequence is fun. They're, like, dizzy when they come <laughs> out of it, which is good. Just um, gorgeous and practical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the fact that Dordington is a drunk now actually helped him deal with the fact that he got out of that thing and was oh, dizzy absolutely. more than Will, who is not a drunk 100%. Yeah, because he recovers fast. Yeah, that's why he was able to like I'll, get away, right? I'll take it one step further. I think Dorrington in this is able to do something that Commodore Dorrington wouldn't have been able to do. Which yeah, he's he's kind of he's entered that drunken master mindset that Jack is now, mm-hmm. and they're able to like he's, he can kind of think yeah. like him mm-hmm. now. Yeah, he could be total like swashbuckling like hero. He should be a like a. He hates pirates, right? So he should just be like a a pirate bounty hunter, yeah. where he just like he's like goes to a town. is like, okay, you're looking for this pirate, and then just like sails out with a crew and like and you know, I don't care if I die. Ship. Yeah, he just brings in a captain and like, boom, give me money. So he's like the come he's, on, that would he's rule. like the Porco Rosso of the Caribbean is is what he should be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really crazy that you said that because I was going to say he should do all of this, but his first mate is one of the pigs that he was <laughs> in the pen with. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> like a big old pig with a pirate oh, vest man. and a bandana. Dude, yes, absolutely. Oh, man. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Um, Cass, do you remember like... A little badge. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Because he's a little commodore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got like the little Royal Navy hat. Yeah. Okay. I can, oh, yeah. I can do this all day. 
<laughs> Cass, do you remember being uh, swept up by the the misdirection and the moving around of the heart and the chest and like like being surprised by the twists and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I um, I mean, like, I think yeah. I think definitely the first time I watched it because so much was going on, and also it was like two thirty in the morning. Um. I was just oh, like, right. oh, so wait, where is the heart? And then so when he like drops it on the desk at the end, it, that was like a big like, oh, shit. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. For him and you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it still um, got me this time. I think I always like forget exactly when the like the switch happens. twist happens. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have done like an Oceans movie where it flashes back to when he actually did the switch. Well, I think that they do. Well, he does they do a, a good job of like setting it up because yeah. like he spends so much time looking at the like the the le- the letters of Mark, like the pardon, and then like when we see yes. him again, um, he's like putting something in his vest. So we just like assume it's like the right. pardon letter, but it's all it's both things. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of one more. Th- I think well, a detail I really love is when they pull the chest out of the sand and they open it. It's full of love letters. <laughs> Like, unopened love letters yes oh my god <sighs> it's, it's so extra it's the fucking he is the emo emo motherfucker so cool the original phantom uh. for real <laughs> god it's the best he didn't even i can't even bury it myself he took two two crew two crew members had to do it for right him. <laughs> I'll bury these love letters with my heart. <laughs> like that's a that's like a Hawthorne Heights lyric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, totally. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. <laughs> I I buried your unopened love letters with my heart <laughs> in a chest. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um so Everybody gets back on the Pearl. Mm-hmm. The Kraken attacks the Pearl. Um, really cool action sequence with, uh, with the Kraken attacking the Pearl. Um, and uh, and it's, it's definitely this franchise's the Enterprise getting destroyed. Mm. It's sad. Sequence. Yeah. I don't, yeah like, I don't like seeing the Black sure. Pearl get destroyed. No. No. It's a bummer. Um, so it's getting wrecked. Star Trek's a really and good Jack comparison is, point, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack is going to bail. Of course he is. Uh, and then he <laughs> second guesses himself and comes back. Um, and then they, they he, like, hurts the Kraken by, like, shooting this net full of rum barrels and mm-hmm. gunpowder. I think that is the single thing that is aged the worst in this movie. I still kind of love it, but it just screams like Jerry Brockheimer early 2000s. The yeah. slow-mo bullet? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, slow-mo bullet. Yeah. 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 No, it's definitely not good. Um so so that happens and then uh uh Elizabeth is like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you came back. I knew you were a hero." Kisses him uh just long enough for um uh for for Will mm-hmm. to see it as they're like boarding a a, a yeah. rescue boat, um which he's not into, yeah. obviously. And then uh we learned that she didn't mean the kiss and was distracting him while she chained him to the pearl because she's like, they're track. It's cr- tracking you, mm-hmm. not us. So if I leave you on this ship, 
it'll take you and the ship down and we'll be able to get out of here. So, you know, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Bye. Okay, so Cass, I want to, I want to talk to you about like both of those things yeah. is like the kiss and will seeing the kiss mm-hmm. to me is just like the, so like fun soap opera, like, yeah, no, at mm-hmm. the time I fucking hated that shit. I, I was so upset, <laughs> but now like, I don't know. Like now that I have like distance from it, and I'm not like a 16 year old girl who's like you know Team Will, um, like pre Twilight, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever. Um, I I really think that a it's it's messed up that she does this because like if Jack doesn't come back, she like killed a guy. Um, <laughs> it's a very Judas move. Legit. Um, and like I I'm not like. I don't know. And, like, I talked a, a little bit, of, a, like, earlier about, like, how I think that's aged for me personally. Like, I don't mind it as much because, like, it's kind of like a means mm-hmm. to an end. Like, it kind of ties off all their, like, weird tension and then, like, it's done. Um, and it's just unfortunate that Will has <laughs> caught up in it. Oh, no, my girlfriend likes Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Wants to kiss Jack, not Will. <laughs> Why does he? Why does? Why does he sound like Bill Knight? <laughs> oh wow! That was was, was, was that Daisy? Was that Davy Jones? Was that what happened no. to him? That he rips his heart out. <laughs> I'm just picturing like specifically love actually Bill Nighy and like his. Yeah. Remember his buddy, his sidekick. Yeah, like, go bury, yeah. go bury this out on an island. I can't look at it anymore. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> uh. Um, uh, Scott, what do you think about Elizabeth's choice? I I love it as a choice. I think that my and I love the the ramifications of it in terms of like what it means for like putting her like stupid feelings for Jack uh, like to the test. I guess in the moment of like okay, so I'm gonna like get a kiss and then I'm gonna be like okay, kind of not into it. Also, I got to kill this guy so. <laughs> It is what it is. Um, so, like, I like all of that, right? I, I like I like that it's it's a choice and the whole thing. I kind of wish, because I really like the manipulation mm-hmm. of it and, like, her sort of, like, getting what she wants through using, like, the only thing that she knows that she has power over, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love all of that. I wish it was set up a little bit more on the side of Jack more so than on the side of her. Like, I wish, like, she would be like, yeah, no, I mean, like, he's a hot pirate guy. Like, whatever. Like, that's cool. But, like, you know, my eyes are only for Will. But then I wish Jack was a little more, like, hardcore into her, you know? Like, throughout it was, like, a little bit more of, like, like a Han Solo to her Princess Leia. Uh... Like, a little more, like, you know you want this. Like, you know, like, come on. I'm I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Like, and her just being like, oh, you're disgusting. But, like kind of being like but also like she's kind of into it but not enough to like you know leave will for him but like yeah i yeah. wish there was a little more of that energy or like so a, that this meant more i guess yeah or like the one time jack was starting to actually catch feelings yeah you know and maybe he is vulnerable for a second and it, it's not a carnal kiss it's a romantic kiss for jack and then oh my god i got played the I w- yeah. Is that not what that is and, that not and, what the whole scene in the first movie where they're stranded on the island and drinking rum and like talking about stuff for three days like is that not what that is for him? 
Oh yeah, I kind of I guess I read that this time as like, oh, she's actually like really cool. Mm. Like I want to have sex with the way I do everyone. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Also there's something special about this girl. Yeah, but the but my my issue is like it is an undetermined amount of time between the end of the first one mm. and this one, sure. right? Um and so it's just like she shows up and he's like, "Oh, Elizabeth, uh, you know, and he makes that dra- that joke about like, you shouldn't be wearing those clothes. I have no clothes back mm-hmm. in my office, you know, mm-hmm. back in my <laughs> captain's quarters or whatever. So he makes that joke about like wanting to bang her, which like, okay, but like, I wish there was just more. Mm-hmm. Well, we their, we didn't of of his feelings. We didn't really for even her, talk about like the conversation that this scene like pays off, which is like when they're right. like almost gonna make out, maybe where she, like he's. He says, like, you're attracted to me because I represent freedom. Like, I represent everything that you can't have. And she's just like, actually, I'm going to prove you wrong. You're a good man. I know you are a good man. And then, like, yeah. that's what this is. Th- I think that's what that scene, this scene in particular is paying off, um, is that conversation. Uh, yeah. It's and, I, that's fair. and I really like yeah. that scene because, like, I actually really, I think they're able to generate, Kira Knightley and Johnny Depp like, have a really good chemistry in that scene. Mm-hmm. Where, like, it's like that razor's edge of, like, they, oh, they're almost going to make out. They want to make out so bad. Oh, but they're not, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. It never has. <laughs> um, I, I, and I, if she's just going to use him to do this, then I do wish it was a little more one-sided mm. than it is. Like, mm-hmm. I wish, I wish, like, that scene where she, he's like, oh, the thing that you like about me is that I represent freedom or whatever. And she's like, oh. What is it that you like about me then? Is it that I have like a life? A house? <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, be, like being able to like flip yeah. it on him. Yeah. You know, like I, I think that that I, again, it feels one sided weighted toward her and that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it should at least be 50 50 and it doesn't feel yeah. that way. And you're, um, that's a good idea. And that, that idea is so interesting, Scott, because it reveals how uninterested, uh, Elliot and Rocio are in, examining jack sparrow mm. mm-hmm. or like challenging him in any internal way mm-hmm. because like yeah he's kind of just running from the devil this whole movie but like there's never a moment where he's like oh shit do i do i want to marry would i ever like live at port royal with elizabeth mm-hmm. like no i couldn't like the idea of him even being that uh internal is weird i think it yeah. also like reflects yeah. oh like poorly on how they view well and i think like they kind of because Elizabeth is like a woman in the 1700s and like she's using what she has at her disposal, which is like right now it's like her sex appeal. And like that's that's like the thing mm-hmm. that she has power over um, as far as like Jack is concerned, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like, I don't know, she's a beautiful woman. Like who wouldn't want to <laughs> who wouldn't want to make out with her, you know? <laughs> so I think that like so she at this point has realized that and then she's like kind of working up to like using that in her favor which is how i view like her kissing mm-hmm. him finally mm-hmm. yeah me too i think yeah and it's really cool no, I, oh, I, please yeah i just wish yeah. it was cleaner yeah. i think yeah is, is my thing because because yeah the 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 lack of examination of jack is like you're right like they don't examine him at all and i don't know if that's like Johnny Depp's doing if he's like no 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 like this is the uh, character I don't want you to dig any deeper mm-hmm. than that because if you do then I have to change up my performance and like 
I'm just locked into what I'm doing. I want to half-ass this shit all the way to the <laughs> bank. I don't know if that's what's going on. Or, um, you know, if they're, like, scared hey, of, uh, like, digging too uh, deep Audiences in him like, like Captain Jack. They like the swaggy. Yeah, and the, like, yeah. they're like, we don't want to mess him up. Like, maybe that's what it is. But, like, I think that there's value in having a thing where it's, like, you know, not necessarily, like, Oh, does Cat does Jack want to settle down? Would he ever want to settle down? But like, maybe it's more just like, you know, I love being a pirate, but like, God, this is a pain in the ass. Like, I'm constantly running away from like, I I was running away from skeleton dudes. <laughs> now there's like a squid devil that's coming after me. 48. This shit's exhausting. I've only been a pirate, a true pirate, for 13 years, and like, it's just been an uphill battle the whole time. Maybe I should settle down. You know, maybe I'm not a good enough pirate. And if I'm going to settle down, holy shit, is there a better person to settle down with than this? <laughs> guy? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like there there's a way to not take the Captain Jack out of the character, you know, yeah. but like it's just like make him tired, you know, like this shit. Look at what he goes through. Like, this is tiring. Like, he's exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, like, settling down would allow him to, like, rest. It would be, like, retiring, you know? Yeah. but And we're only going to – this is only going to become more pronounced as we move into movies four and five. But yeah, this dude does not grow or right. change. Like, when we look at, like, the journey that Bella goes through in the Twilight movies or – Steve Rogers and the Captain America movies, mm-hmm. Captain America and game Captain America, infinity war. Um, like it's, that's not the same dude that, you know, right. like, like, Oh, this person went on a journey and like the, Captain Jack through either, like you said, like indifference or cowardice, like never does that. I yeah. think that's the, like the Indiana Jones aspect. Cause like Indiana Jones mm-hmm. doesn't really grow a whole lot either. Like he, he just does the same things, you know? Yeah, he just keeps doing the same. Uh, it's it's yeah, complicated, right. but for the most part. There's like a status I, yeah. quo where He'll it's like, like a, this like... is Indiana Jones. And like if he grows a little, that's fine. But like we have this like yeah. threshold where that's like this is this character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. That's true. He's not like there isn't like a. Oh, the Indiana Jones in part three would have never made the decision that Indiana Jones and Raiders would <laughs> Yeah. Because of all that all that crazy stuff that happened to him dramatically. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, yeah. Well, I think there's a faith. I think there's a faith component. That's very valid. That yeah. comes into play between Raiders and, and last crusade. There's a bunch of shit in last crusade. He never would have done. Had he been the same That's guy fair. from Raiders. Jesus is my own boy. He, he didn't believe in things like magic. That's and the supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, but. uh, yeah, I love the Kraken spitting out his hat mm. and mm-hmm. that, that's a cool, that's a pretty iconic shot of him like lunging at the Kraken as his, all of his teeth are out mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, that's good. It's good shit. And so he goes down. Then we get the falling um, action. According to everyone, including her as a hero. Um, although funnily enough, she does not know that he gets out of the chains. Right. So the movie is kind of having its cake and eating it because he does sacrifice himself. He could have fucking run. He could have tried to get away from the Kraken and been a goddamn coward like he mm-hmm. always is. But he ran in guns ablazing into that Kraken's mouth. Um, he's like, I'm going to remove your tonsils if I'm going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like yeah. 
He went for as it. As far as Elizabeth knows, he died like, no, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah. I've always really, I always get hyped going into the falling action of this, like kind of how it sets up World's End, um, mm-hmm. starting with the Dorrington reveal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I'm happy for you, but also, God, that sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, he comes. He comes back around by the end, right? Or am I? Not, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, if you don't remember, you don't remember, I'm, okay, I'm really enough. curious to hear how that shakes out for you. Okay. <laughs> right. Interesting. Um, interesting. Uh, old Dorrington. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about us going back to Theodorma's house? I don't know why we do. Like she's cool, but like I. <laughs> You know, like if she'd been set up. In, well, we should go back. <laughs> if she'd been set up in the first one, I, that would make sense. But like she, like she, she, yeah. she, she just kind of like shows up. <laughs> well, I think I think they're not. That's like the closest island oh. to where where they oh. left the pearl, and so they don't have a boat to go back to. So that's like the nearest like base of operations that they can they can go to, and so it's. Okay. Yeah, it just happens to be her. They couldn't like um, fast travel to Tortuga because the Black Pearl sank. Yeah, I I love that that Tia is like just vibing about like everything that's going on. Like she's like she's like oh, but what if you could get him back? <laughs> she's just like like real like she loves she loves this shit. Like she's excited. You know what's really funny about that moment this time watching it is like they're half. They're like, well, Jack's dead. That sucks. She's like, but what if he wasn't? <laughs> yeah, like it's almost a hundred percent her idea. Yeah, like Orlando totally. Bloom isn't like, if only there was some way. There has to be something. Yep. And then she's like, if you guys are gonna go on a crazy adventure, you're gonna need a crazy captain. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, we are. And then Barbosa's back, baby. Yep. Loved it. That blew my in a, mind. In a moment that. Got uh, a huge applause break at the end of this movie when I saw it, and I turned to the person I came with and was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> I was like, what did I miss? Who is this? Cassager audience freaking Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. That's like that's like up there with like Avengers Assemble, like in, in my memory, like because the midnight showing of this was like people were like dressed up for my midnight showing. Like it was uh-huh. like a big wow. deal. Yeah. And like, I think I also saw this at midnight, I'm pretty sure. And truly out of left field. Well, I was going to say, I appreciate like, that they actually set it up. Because, like, the first, like, when they, when hmm. she releases the monkey and we see the monkey again, there's, like, a pair of boots that are sitting there. So, like, Barbosa, oh, so, like, Barbosa's yeah. body is just, like, chilling at Tia Delmos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone just, well, I. I think, too, I am super impressed that they were able to keep this on mm-hmm. the DL. Because, like, they shot a whole movie with right. him. And no one knew. Like, that's totally true. Can, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these were shot back to back. It's not like it was just this one little secret cameo. They shot a whole movie mm-hmm. with Barbosa. Oh, they couldn't do that now. No. No way. No way. Um, it's kind of... Uh, but also... It might be the last, like, truly surprising... Kind of like, a, kind of a benefit cameo thing, to definitely. But I wonder if it has anything to do with where they filmed it. Like, 
Oh, maybe. You know, they they filmed this in the Caribbean. Right. They filmed this like they, they didn't film this in Georgia. Yeah. Well, but though now things get leaked because somebody is like, oh, is this actor available to be in this thing that right. I'm making? And the agent being like, no, they're not available. Wait, they're not available. Mm-hmm. What are they shooting? I can't tell you what they're shooting. Oh, well, I'm going to go to the press and I'm going to tell them that they're not available. And right. it sounds like they're like, this is shooting at the same time. And I bet they're in it. And then like these, this is how these yeah. things come out. Yes. Right. Um, people trying to uh, uh, game the system to like make some money, mm, get some from the press. Yeah, well, not just get some clicks, but, like, they get paid for their insight. Oh, okay, um, yeah. An insider like, told me that Jeffrey Rush is going to be in Barbados yeah. for six months. Yeah. Those insiders aren't aren't doing that out of the kindness of their <laughs> spoiler-loving heart. They're, they're doing right. it to make money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Man, one of the most uh, satisfying Apple bites mm-hmm. in cinema history. What a flex. History. Yeah. <laughs> it looked good, too. Maybe you want an Apple. <laughs> And that moment's for sure. And that moment's so cool because it's like rewarding. The only a viewer would get why that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, oh, he gets to enjoy it now because of the curse. And it's just, it's, yeah. it's a fun little world that's built up already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited to watch the next one. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have strong memories of it, so I'm, I'm excited to see how it shakes out. I have no memory of how Captain Jack comes back. Oh, really? It spits him out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Zero memory. Zero. No idea. It's weird. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen these sequels in easily 15 years. Mm. So, maybe since theaters. That's entirely possible. So, cast, do you think you might anyway. revisit at World's End for the podcast? Oh, dude, yeah. I I I was shocked, well, I guess not so shocked, but like cuz I was looking up the runtime for this uh earlier today and i happened to see the rotten tomatoes score and it was like 55 or something and i was like what because i like i was just like the right age for Mm -hmm. this when this came out um and then like at world's end has like a 40 something and i was like but i really like that one um elizabeth rules in that one yeah um i want to go back and watch the first one these (laughs) are getting for sure yeah these sequels are getting like a resurgence in in like like People are like revisiting them and be like, "Oh wait, no, these are mm-hmm. good actually. Like these aren't, yeah, shitty sequels mm-hmm. like we thought they were." I think everyone was like, "Like, I, honestly, I think the Matrix sequels have a lot to do with how people viewed these mm. sequels." I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. They both share a very similar reputation of, "Oh, the first one's a masterpiece," but then it's too bloated, overlong, overcomplicated, shot back to back sequels right. ruined it. Yep. 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 And this time, I think critics went in being like, all right, I'm not going to get tricked again. Not like Reloaded. Because Reloaded has like a pretty solid Rotten Tomato score. And then like within six months, everyone was like, no, actually, these both Mm. are dog shit. Um, And and so like I think that's what happened. It's like it like trained the film critics of the time to be Mm. like, no, I've got to like I I can't (laughs) fuck this one up. I got to make sure that I, I notice that it's bad. And, you know, now in 2022, like, yeah, because I remember critics at the time were like, oh, these are so corporate Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> right. And, corporate Hollywood, they're fucking pirate. <laughs> oh, corporate, classic corporate Hollywood with their jilted romantic phantom of the opera octopus <laughs> men and <laughs> horny pirates <laughs> and throat slitting. 
and, and like if, if if Disney dropped something this weird now, I feel like people would just be all over mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, uh like uh I mean to a certain extent, I feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are uh, kinda like yeah. this. Like in right. terms of like those are fucking weird. Weird ass movies. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, people are into them. Um but anyway. This is great. Mm-hmm. Cass. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having always me. Always a delight having you on yeah, the show. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, if you want to hear more of us, uh, the, the Doctor's Companion will be coming back before too long. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't even know. We don't even know when this episode's airing. So, like, who knows what that would <laughs> mean? We're just, always coming you know, back. Theoretically, dude. that's We're true. always coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, maybe it's this week <laughs> with a new episode. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and then the Patreon. Check out the Patreon. Um, Maybe you'll be able to com slash support. Yeah. Maybe you'll be able to listen to all of Miyazaki badness by the time this comes yeah. out. I, think, I don't know. I think you probably will be. Yeah. Maybe. Even Ponyo. Even Ponyo. Even Ponyo. Another horrifying creature of the deep. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And our hunger for ham. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, be back next week with Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. But until then... Goodbye.